everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts, myself, Laura Matsu, and my husband, Bernhard Gunther. And on this episode, we are going to be giving you a guide to the current state of spiritual warfare that we're in and the great awakening, or rather the potential for a great awakening. And in this episode, we're really going to kind of touch in about some things we see happening in the world. We're going to talk a little bit about the new Plandemic 3 film, the Great Awakening film, and some of the topics they covered, especially, especially the topic of Marxism, cultural Marxism, and really how there is a serious war going on on all levels. So politically, virtually, psychologically, spiritually. And we're going to really expand more on this concept that um, G. Edward Griffin also said in Plandemic 3 that this war is actually spiritual. And in fact, we are in a world war of a type which is spiritual. We're going to share how this relates to the evolution of consciousness and the water trinity. We're going to talk about cultural Marxism, about how woke is part of the same species of Marxism, we're going to share a little bit about the four stages of Marxist indoctrination over generations and how the spiritual war impacts us through all of these forces, including the occult forces and influences, psychological warfare, mind control, brainwashing. We're going to tell you basically the ways that the psychological and spiritual war plays out. Um, and then Lastly, we're going to really talk about how we can use this information for awakening. What does it mean to be awake? Different levels of awakening. The importance of really understanding your own shadow, understanding projections is key in these in these in these times because others will try to provoke us. Um, we're going to talk about the individuation process more. And in the second hour, we're going to discuss this recent um basically challenge on Twitter where Joe Rogan invited this hardcore pro-vaxxer uh, Peter Hotez to debate RFK on his podcast and he wouldn't. We're going to continue sharing about how this vaccine issue is basically kind of part of um, you know, the Virgo Pisces access and in my opinion proves that we're at the end of the Piscean age. We're going to talk about natural law and involution and evolution we're going to talk about the trauma installment program and how that plays out. And then we're going to talk about the vaccine issue from a spiritual perspective and some of the lessons we're going to see as Pluto moves back into Capricorn and then what we could see happening next with Pluto and Aquarius with the UFO topic. So we're going to cover a lot of bases on this podcast. We got a lot going on in the world. Um, and so before we get into it, I just wanted to make one quick announcement. Um, our next round of time of transition embodied soul awakening, which is our 14 week private online group coaching program and psychological and spiritual self work, um, limited to 35 people. It's over halfway full now. Um, by the time this podcast released, we'll probably have about 10 or less spots left, um, so if you want to join us, go to thetimeoftransition.com. It's also on Bernhard's website and you can apply and join us. And yeah, so if you want to, you know, be involved in a group experience where you can work on yourself on all these different levels, we highly recommend you come join us. So, oh, and that will be for the August, the round that starts in August, by the way. So this will be a fall a fall course. So 
yeah, let's get into it. So let's just share first about Great Awakening, the film. For those who haven't seen it, you can just go to uh, go search for Plandemic 3 on Twitter, or is it Plandemic the movie? Either way, search for Plandemic. Mickey Willis is on Twitter. He shares the film. It's even shared on Twitter. It's pinned, so you can watch the whole film on Twitter. So let's talk a little bit about some of the topics they covered in that film. And we yeah. highly recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it. By highly the way. recommend it. So much respect to Mickey Willis uh, of starting this. It's really found his purpose, and who knows? <laughs> he got a lot of you know backlash for the first two movies, Plandemic 1, Plandemic 2, that started around the when the... When the pandemic started, P L A N, demic, um, and it was very insightful. He's a great filmmaker, and he really used his talents to spread awareness. And interesting little background because even just um, six, seven years ago, he was a full-on Bernie Sanders supporter, <laughs> <laughs> even making videos, uh, films to support Bernie Sanders' campaign. And then he had his own quote, "Great Awakening." He's, he talked about it in 2016. Yeah. And the issue of what socialism is really about, and it, how it's actually the precursor to Marxism, and all the issues. And um, yeah, really fascinating life story of Mickey Willis himself. Um, but it was really fascinating. We watched Pandemic 3, The Great Awakening, when it came out shortly, like about a week ago, maybe, right? And as Laura said, it's for free. You can find it on the website, pandemicseries.com. It's on Rumble, it's on Twitter. It's it's all, you can watch the whole film for free. But the first two pandemic um, films were mostly focused on the pandemic, you know, COVID and uh, all the lies we've been told and everything. So the third one uh, was actually surprisingly not much about the COVID, not much about really uh, the vaccine and but put in a bigger picture context, and it was really about this another virus that took over humanity, the virus of Marxism, of this leftist uh, ideology that has infected the West, especially the US, uh, over decades now. And uh, it's now playing out through the woke ideology as well in cultural Marxism, which we want to talk about. And it was really refreshing to see, and I, I already know like some hardcore conspiracy people criticized that Mickey Willis did never address the virus question. Is there a virus? No virus. This is a whole other topic. People get caught up in. Um, and it's an important question, absolutely. But I found this film very refreshing because it shows the bigger picture. It reminded me of what my father went through. And uh, I've written an article about this on my website, a lesson history, a story of my father who escaped from Eastern Germany in the 60s, uh, People are not familiar, before the Berlin Wall fell, Germany was divided into countries, West Germany and East Germany. And East Germany was under the rule of democratic socialism, the exact system that Bernie Sanders and AOC promote. And a lot of stuff for free, education for free, um, uh, all kinds of healthcare for free, even cars for free, housing for free, but at a, at a very bitter price because the people had no freedom. And my dad escaped, he jumped off the ferry in the Mediterranean Sea, but was then caught by the Stasi, by KGB agents, then over Romania to Russia, brought back to Eastern Germany, and then imprisoned for a whole year, uh, solitary, but wasn't able to escape from there through some Western help from lawyers and made his way to the West. Um, so basically, uh, it hit definitely hard for me to, to in my own history, my own family, and it's fascinating to see that Obviously, most people who really are fully promoting socialism or Marxism, Leninism, Maoism, it's all kind of together. 
have never truly lived in a socialist country like East Germany, like a truly a communist country, or they blame that it's never been the, done the right way, right? Completely ignoring. Or they say that like Sweden is Sweden more is like example. Sweden is like champagne socialism. That's yes, also, exactly. You know, but basically what we're trying to touch on is there is a serious war going on on all levels. We're going to see it politically. We see it online, psychologically, yeah. spiritually. And so, you know, I really want to touch on this quote by Marshall McLuhan, who you didn't know him, actually. I realized he's actually more famous in Canada, but he was oh, yeah. a, he was essentially a Canadian philosopher who, who was who focused on um, media theory. And and essentially, he studied the effects of mass media on thought and behavior. He died in the 80s, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and he really said and he's really famous for this quote, the medium is the message. I don't know if you ever heard that. Um, but anyway, Marshall McLuhan had this quote where he said, World War III is going to be a guerrilla information war with no division between military and civilian participation. And what that makes me think about, too, is how essentially over the past few years, we were fighting this war with memes, with media, yeah. on social media. Like, that's actually how we are fighting this war. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true because the thing is, it's like memes are the means of communication. Who, the person who can create the most viral memes can communicate with the most amount of people, you know? And also in these times, you need to capture an, an idea in a meme so it can spread, you know? So I also just want to talk about how this is kind of still a 3D materialistic outlook and that World War III is actually a spiritual level above that. So it's a psychological war, but it begins spiritually and it happens on unseen levels. And the interesting thing about Plandemic 3 is G. Edward Griffin agreed in the film, in he even says in one of the clips he uses, um, that this war is spiritual. So in fact, we are currently in World War III, which is a spiritual war. And I want to add to that really fascinating. I've, I've known um, Edward Griffin's work for a while, but was really fascinated Millie, Mickey Willis uh, in the film Plandemic 3 based most of the film on a talk that it's kind of shown throughout the whole film G. Edward Griffin gave like 50 years ago. Yes, and that warning talk, about the Marxist communist takeover of the US. And it's fascinating and disturbing the same time to listen because he literally, what he described 50 years ago is exactly happening now. Yeah, so that talk, we put it on our Telegram a while back, but basically if you want to find it, it's still on YouTube and it's called More Deadly Than War. And if you search More Deadly Than War, Edward Griffin, it should come up. But... So basically, you know, G. Edward Griffin said in this film, it's a spiritual war. And after I, we watched it together, I had an insight on how this works. And I linked it with the evolution of consciousness and evolutionary astrology. So basically, in evolutionary astrology, the evolution of consciousness is seen by the water trinity. So we have things begin in Neptune, spirit, consciousness. They descend into Pluto, soul, and then they descend into moon, which creates individual egos. So basically things begin as spirit, they descend into soul, and then they descend into ego. And that's how we incarnate. It's how we form souls and individual egos. So any war that happens, period, begins on the spiritual level. Like it's always beginning on the spiritual level. Like that to me is how we break out of the materialist outlook to see that everything that happens in the physical begins in the metaphysical. And so if there's a spiritual war or any war, it's always going to happen on the spiritual level. And what I found fascinating is that 
you know, Marx is very well known to have write, written poetry early on in his life where he was channeling some dark, satanic, demonic being, very clearly demonic, not just like people thought, it, you know, it was very clearly dark. And he wrote this poetry early in his life where he was kind of channeling this being and or being occupied by one. And basically, so what I see it is that the seed of Marxism was channeling a demonic being. And now it's kind of being spread through all the tentacles of all the subsects of it. And now through cultural Marxism, which a lot of woke ideology falls under. So basically you could think that this kind of demonic being that he was channeling, it could be related to Ahriman materialism because he does have a very materialistic outlook but regardless, you know, the spiritual war happening on occult levels is very subtle. You can't sense it unless you actually have that perception to do so. But we can become aware of it because things, while things begin on the spirit Neptune level, they then descend and affect us psychologically. So the psychological fragmentation, the splitting, the mass trauma, the mass formation, psychosis, the mind control, the mass division to me, is a symptom of the war happening on a spiritual level. Yeah. And so these hostile occult forces influence us, you know, through human souls, you know, that's how they're influencing us. They're influencing us, the humans that they influence, who then put spells on the masses, you know, this and all this chaos and division creates fear and distrust and, and isolation emotionally, which puts stress on our emotional body, which makes us fracture, fragment, disassociate individually and collectively. And that's really how I see the spiritual war happening through the water trinity, basically. So, um, and we basically, and just to kind of touch on the cure, the cure for this is in those three ways, our connection to God psychologically integrated, which we'll talk about in a moment, is essential for actually rejecting what's going on and um, also being in tune with ourselves, being connected with our true self, being connected with our heart, our soul, because the war that is going on internally with people is also exaggerating the spiritual war externally. Exactly. So in a nutshell, basically, based on what you just shared, you can see it even that Marxism and all the different manifestations and tentacles of Marxism, of neo-Marxism nowadays, which we go into, are in a manifestation of the anti-divine forces. Yes, right? Satanic exactly. forces, so exactly. to speak, you know, because it's highly materialistic. It is. It goes against natural law, actually, against divine law. It's almost rebelling against God, so to speak, and that works through people, and people are easily, which we'll show um, later on all these people supporting hardcore Marxist, Maoist, socialist uh, ideologies and woke ideologies are deeply programmed and have been programmed or become programmed over generations and decades. Yeah. It's a long time. They're just uh, um, running programs, automatons running around mechanically, just um, basically following an agenda they have no full awareness of because it will ultimately lead to their own destruction. You know, like a cancer destroys the body but dies with the body as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, sorry. So I just want to uh, add to that. Um, because a lot of people always say nowadays, like, there's no Marxist, this is ridiculous, there's no Marxist takeover and all of this. Uh, but these woke ideologies, all these different aspects of woke ideologies, inclusivity, racism, um, what do you call it, um, critical race theory, queer theory. queer theory, the transgender agenda, gender dis, you know, confusion, sexualizing of children, uh, the destruction of the nuclear family, 
all of that, always under disguise of some virtue, right, which has been inverted, though. But they are all aspects of cultural Marxism, of a neo-Marxism. And, and I want to even give credit again to Mickey Willis, because he did a great... Um, um, he in this in his film *Pandemic 3: The Great Awakening*, he beautifully at the beginning showed uh, Edwin Griffith's talk, you know, with images and whatnot, and you automatically make the correlation. Oh my God, what Edward Griffin talked about the Marxist-Communist takeover um, uh, through society, through the culture, 50 years ago, is exactly happening right now through the leftist woke ideology. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want to share, you know, because a lot, I mean, I understand why a lot of people freak out about this, because honestly, I freaked out about this internally, the more I learn about it, because I come from basically my parents were like hippies, you know, who were part of this whole kind of like stages of um, indoctrination that happened over the generations. And I you know, being a millennial, I've been conditioned by a lot of these theories and not realized it. And a lot of my friends have now, you know, basically embraced intersectionality and embraced all of these different ideologies. So I've had to break out of my own conditioning and my own brainwashing to realize this. So I want to just say that I have a lot of compassion and even, um, you know, I, I I can I can relate a lot to people who get upset by this because if I were to have heard this six years ago, I would have also been very triggered and upset. You know, so you know we just have to realize that just because you've been conditioned by some of these ideologies or you see the usefulness in it, I totally get where you're coming from. You know, but you need to see that this is actually not working for the things that you want them to work. It's trying to almost get you to be enforcing an ideology and a worldview which you may not agree with through these different yeah. systems basically what it comes down to all the people who embrace this walk ideology the leftists and you know all these words real inclusivity esg you know what i mean we see right now with the whole pride month and all of that um they are supporting an agenda and being used to support an agenda, they have no full awareness of what's yeah. actually about and where it's leading to. Yeah. So I really want to share this quote too. And he has, you know, if you really want to hear a mind-blowing explanation on how woke connects to Marxism, um, just search, um, you know, 30-minute explanation of Marxism, James Lindsay. You're going to see it come up. And he gives this amazing talk where he talks about it. And the most important thing is that he talked about woke being part of the same genus, the genus being Marxism, but there's different species within that genus. And he talks about how, you know, there's a species of cats, but then there's lions, there's house cats within it. So I just want to share about this because it's, I found this a really good way of thinking about it. When it's Marxism, this is social, this is cultural, this is different. It's not different. I need you to think biologically for one moment, and I don't mean about your bodies. We could do that. That's a different topic. I want you to think how we organize plants and animals when we study them. They're species, but above species, there are the genus of the animals. So you think like the cats, all the cats, but you have tigers, you have lions, you have house cats, you have whatever, leopards, many different kinds of cats. If we think of Marxism as a genus of ideological thought, then classical economic Marxism is a species. Radical feminism is a species in this same genus. Critical race theory is a genus, or sorry, a species in this genus. 
Queer theory is a species in this genus. Post-colonial theory that's plaguing Europe is a species in this genus. And they have something that binds them together called intersectionality that makes them treat it as if they are all one thing. But the logic is Marxist. And I want to convince you of that. So, okay, just to give a brief overview of what how he kind of ties it in is that, you know, there used to be, so classical Marxism was about class conflicts between the bourgeois and the working class. And basically the working class needed to rise up against the bourgeois, right? But yeah. it's changed. Now it's evolved in America. And Graham Sunsey says in the, in the talk very beautifully, change out class and add in race. And there you have critical race theory. So now, you know, the oppressed and the oppressor dialogue centers around the um, the minorities, the minorities need to rise up against the oppressor. Who are the oppressor? The oppressor, anyone who's white, straight, males especially, you know. So essentially, you know, the insight I had, especially listening to Mark uh, James Lindsay's talk, Plandemic, is that if Marxism is the genus, then the genus is channeling the same demonic force. Mm -hmm. And then these are all potential channels. Everything he named is what we can see this spiritual war acting through. All of these, all of these subdivisions, these subspecies within the genius actually have the potential to channel the same demonic being. And yeah. I'm saying this actually from direct experience. You know, I've been mobbed, I've been like, I I mean, the worst was actually when the BLM riots were going on. I would literally have people descend upon my social media like the hundreds who would just be um, ridiculing me, attacking me, really dark energy, you know? And I've encountered in people, you know, a type of almost specific Watiko, a specific entity that they're captured by, which is almost this ideology, the, the ideology of Marxism is basically channeling. Exactly. So it's really, thank you for, for saying that, because from an occult level, when you see a Marxist in a genus, the overarching umbrella and all the different manifestations or expressions of neo-Marxisms come through the Vogue ideology. Yes. And it's really, like you said, from an occult level, it's I have the vision of like an octopus entity that has all its tentacle over the people who are literally possessed by a Wetiko a demonic force uh, acting out the agenda while they live under the illusion that this is their own free will and they're doing the better good for humanity, but they're fully taken over. It's a form of entity possession, I would even say, from on an occult level, because you cannot reason with these people. And you see this, like you just described, there's this, this mob energy, this group entity that has taken people over. There's no individual thought, and they're deeply programmed. There's this single, origin, single original thought in anyone who um, supports this woke Marxist ideology. It's been programmed... And not just recently, over the past three years, that starts at, um, decades of ago, over generations, goes back to Frankfurt School and critical theory back in the 20s, and the invasion of the U.S. through the, its own institutions, educational system, and now cooperation, we see that. And that, again, didn't start just a few years ago. That started a very, very long time ago. Um, and on that note, I want to also bring up a fascinating talk which i saw in the 90s already so 29 years ago in the 80s also interviewed by edward griffin like his work is coming edward griffin um interviewed a soviet detector and kgb operative defector defector and 
der KGB-Operative Juri Basmanov, um, who specialized in the fields of Marxist-Leninist propaganda and ideological subversion. And in this interview, almost 30 years ago, he warned us about the silent war being waged against America as part of a long-term plan to take over and destroy the American system, the way of life, and essentially the West, because it's also happening in Europe. It's, it's also in through the Great Reset and all of that. It's that's that's a long-term agenda, but it's been going on for a long time. All right, here's the clip. In the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare, what it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process, which goes very slow, and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s dropouts or half-baked intellectuals are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind. Even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. So here makes Yuri makes a very important point that you cannot convince these people because this brainwashing has been going on for generations, over decades, and the people... The woke ideology is now coming into more and more plain Marxist because, like he said, all the people who have been already programmed, conditioned in the 60s, 70s hold now positions in power, in education, all the colleges and universities, in corporation, right? And they are so deeply brainwashed, you cannot convince them um, by information alone, intellectually. It's a, it's, it's a deep, wetico uh, uh, disease of the soul that something has taken them over. And that's why this ideology is so dangerous. That's why I also even remember James Lindsay talked about it. You cannot uh, debate with them. You cannot argue with them. You know, you know, you need to like make fun of them or ignore them or expose them basically. But you cannot uh, reason. There's no way you There's can no reach way them. to reason. That's I think they also somebody made a good point. I think in the film Pandemic too that they capitalize or hijack our own compassion. Our own best qualities, our James best Lindsay qualities. said in the talk. He's like, you know, our 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 compassion, our empathy, our yeah. good naturedness. They they basically they they basically use they weaponize them against us exactly. actually, and that's yeah. where I think you know a lot of my own friends, um, 
you know, I've lo- I've seen a lot of like white middle-aged millennial women fall for all of this, you know, who want to be good people and now think that in order to because the programming has been in order to be a good person you have to support BLM you have to yeah. say you're an anti-racist you have to make all these proclamations you have to say trans women are women i watched this happen to literally everyone around me almost in slow motion and it was like by that moment i was like already taking a step back from my own conditioning but you know this is a really this is a really deep force that has its tentacles in so many things and i even see many people who are aware of the vaccine issue, who are aware of other issues, fall into these traps and they don't realize it because they haven't looked into it. And more and more as time goes on, I'm like, no, this is actually, at least least in America and Europe, this is one of the biggest dangers, you know? This is what we're dealing with. It's affecting everyone uh, globally over the whole world, I would say. It's, it's, It's... It's a global virus. Yeah. And like you said, most in the US and Europe and the Western countries, but it's about the destruction of the West. Yes. Uh, through these underdivine forces. So it's not to be taken lightly, right? Yeah. And one other way it affects us is like through Watiko. Like, you know, this this kind of it's not just these kind of like hostile um forces acting through enraged social justice warrior. It affects us through this collective kind of atmosphere where we're in, where it's like, no, don't speak out, don't say anything about woke, don't be or else you'll be called a bigot, you'll be called a racist, you know. It influences us, this same demonic force influences us through our own minds, through our own Witiko, through our own, you know, even in in this uh, um, talk by G. Edward Griffin, uh, More Deadly Than War, he says, how do they scare you? Well, don't speak out. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose a client. So we need to look at this is how the spiritual war acts through us, through trying to silence anyone who has a different opinion, who's, you know, looked into this. This is very important, and this is as a, a, something for you, our listeners, for you to reflect on, little mirror, you know, because the walk virus, this ideology has you when you start to stop being authentic, when you when you start to censor yourself for yeah. reasons like Laura just mentioned, because you're afraid, oh, somebody's going to attack you, or the mob will get to you, or you will lose your clients, or your business will affect it, you know what I mean? So you stop, be quiet, and just go along with it. Um, uh, in more extreme measures, you then even support the work ideology, which we see with a lot of corporations, Or pretend businesses. you do, even they though pretend. you don't. They don't actually, even with what happened with Budweiser and all these, you know, companies. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what else was it? Uh, North Face and, and so on and so forth. And more and more, especially with this Pride Month, they don't really believe in it. They just go along with what they think they need to go along with yeah. to get their ESG core um, um, score and the funding, but they don't truly believe in that. You know what I mean? They also don't want to get cancelled, but ironically, they are getting cancelled yeah. <laughs> uh, from the from the conservatives. Um, but again, reflect on yourself. You know, this is the times to be authentic and not sell your soul. How do you sell your soul? By uh, not being truthful, by being silent. And yeah. I don't mean to go on, on a rampage on, on, on social media and just like, you know, with a bullhorn. But no, are you in integrity? Are your business in integrity? Are you just are you just being quiet, even though something is wrong? I think that's when you really sell your soul, when you really give in to evil, when you um, don't do something because um, you're afraid, but you know it's actually wrong not to do something. Well, yeah, you're, and and you know, because I can speak for I can speak up for myself when I started realizing these things. 
you know, I was also surrounded. I was still surrounded by a lot of my um, old friends who were like hardcore leftist socialist liberals, you know. And so when I started having opinions that went outside the kind of consensus acceptable liberal opinion, you know, I knew that specific people would go after me and they did. And I had to get used to it, you know. So you and this is where it kind of comes into the process of inner work because people ask like, oh, why does inner work have anything to do with this? Well, the number one thing that I see, you know, is that basically a lot of these kind of like more rabid social justice warriors or whatever you want to call them, you know, they try and instill violence in others through provoke provocation. They try yes. and provoke you. You know, they they want to get you angry. They actually want to create white supremacists. This is the messed up thing is they, through their own shadow projection, they will project that on you, hoping that you accept the projection and you fall into projective identification where you literally become the object of their projection. So basically in this case, they're trying to create real white supremacists. They're trying to create transphobics. They're trying to create this because this will give them a justification for violence. Yeah, and that's the trap I already see. We've talked about this briefly before. I see a lot of people who identify as conservatives, as right-wing uh, and so forth, uh, um, or, you know, basically those conservatives easily fall into the trap via taking on these provocations, via feeding into projective identification, and it becomes a knee-jerk reaction where there's true racism now, true uh, white supremacy, people on the right truly hating on um, transgenders, gay people or queers and or whatnot. Or black people. Or black people and all of that. Yes. And, you know, with the save the white race and all of that. Yeah, there's there's definitely also the forced immigration happening in Europe and all of that. But as Michael Tessayo said, this is the danger of a true right-wing white supremacy uh, movement in creation. Yes. It's about to be created via the process of projective identification. Uh, and that's actually part, ironically, of the woke leftist Marxist agenda, but, right? They need then the reason exactly for uh, their own agenda and they and you become what you're actually fighting against. You become their projections, so to speak. And hence, going back to what you said, this inner work is so key because I don't see many, especially on the right conservative, uh, hardly engaged in any inner deeper shadow work, trauma work or any of that, but they just externalize everything, Right. And then want to squash, you know, evil externally and get rid of all the woke leftists. But they also then become, ironically, vessels for other occult forces. And what you have then? Divide and conquer. Yeah, you have the far left and the far right. So basically, just to touch on, just for explain to people. So projective identification is kind of like this. So say that I'm really angry and I tell Bernhard and Bernhard walks in the room like, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? It's the fact of the matter is, is that I'm angry, but I'm unconscious to it. But I keep telling him he's angry. And then eventually he gets so pissed off that I keep telling him he's angry. He's like, yeah, I am actually angry, you know, because I've projected something on him and he's identified with it. A part of him is angry. Maybe he wasn't fully angry in that moment, but I've touched on the part of him that angry. And then he's identified with the projection and he's become the thing that I projected against him. So, yeah. and this is really subtle. And I have to say, this is like ongoing work, but, you know, I see that, you know, basically how can we use this information for awakening? 
Um, well, we have to talk about the different levels of awakening. What does it mean to be truly awake? Yes. And, you know, I see that there's a few levels that we're working on. We have a mental, intellectual awakening, meaning you start becoming aware that the world is not as it seems, not as your own belief system has been programmed to believe. That's one level. A lot of people are going through that right now. I think now. most people. Most people. Now, I wouldn't say the majority, but lots, but less definitely people listening to our podcast. But then there's a psychological awakening, you know, a psychological awakening is where you learn enough about human psychology, about, about your own inner psychology, that you start to perceive people and the world differently. Instead of seeing, you know, just this angry, aggressive person in, in, in you know, that you see the wounded child within them. So you start to perceive reality differently. And then there's a spiritual awakening. So Let's just define awakening and what we really yeah. mean by that before we get into it. Yeah, very well said. That's important to understand because this word awake is very abused, overused, even like the Great Awakening, Mickey Willis called it, you know what I mean? I think Q was also based on all of that. And there's an awakening happening. We see this in our own lives. I've seen this even with the, our time of transition course, you know, people have started an awakening, especially over the past three years, you know, since it started this whole agenda, because here's the irony, here's the paradox. With this attempted enslavement of humanity, how evil is trying to take humanity over with this leftist Marxist um, woke ideology and the medical tyranny and all of that, it ironically did trigger an awakening for people who are receptive. It made people start to question, hold on, something is wrong, something is off, mm -hmm. right? It forced people to really focus on what truly matters. They couldn't hide away anymore, right? And for many people, it was a rude awakening. Uh, relationships got ruptured, family, friends, and all of that. It's uh, Awakening is not a walk in the park, right? It exposes everything we have ignored in the world or within ourselves. Yes, many people still go along with it, but there's certainly an quote-unquote great awakening happening. But as you just mentioned, for the most part, it's on an informational level, meaning we're looking through the lies of the pandemic, the lies about the vaccines, the lies... Uh, you know, the uh, woke uh, Marxist ideology, what's happening with, to the sexualizing of children and all of that. Mm. And that makes people a lot of angry. Anger is almost the first response in a sense and uh, the necessity for action. And yeah, I would agree with that. It's a very important stage, but many people can get caught in that stage of just externalize of information, right? And just on the internet, social media, and it becomes just a mental process. And I would say, if you're not careful, the mental and intellectual information that you're exposed to can psychologically disturb you yes. if you're imbalanced because it is disturbing. It is like, you know, you have to go through, especially if you're in my generation, you know, I'm in my late 30s, is like you have to be comfortable with your own cognitive dissonance and realize mm. how you've been programmed by a lot of these ideologies and not realized it. You know, like yes. even growing up in school, I thought that, you know, being into climate change, it was like my idea. I thought that, you know, it was important to like, you know, fight for the oppressed. Like all of these things have been like really um, put into our curriculum, our learning, our culture, especially for the past 20, 30 50 years, you know, that there's a lot of deconditioning that needs to happen. That's a very important point. So it requires, it requires a high level of humility and introspection to admit to yourself how you've been hooked, how you've been lied, and how you participate. We all participated in other ways. Yeah. It's so easy then to fall in the trap of externalizing evil and just you're all virtuous and good and nothing within yourself and everybody's doing something to you and the evil is only out there and then you fall into another occult trap which is the blame victim trap yeah and right? psychological awakening is becoming aware 
of your own shadow, of your yes. own projections, of your own triggers, and using whatever, you know, kind of experience you have in your own inner work to also understand what's happening in the world, you know, because like even someone recently asked me, like, how do you like handle all the attacks you deal with on social media? Like, how do you protect yourself from it? And the truth is, is not only am I used to it from doing it a lot, which I think is part of it, but I also see the wounded person underneath it. I don't take them seriously. Mm -hmm. I know because from going through my own process of inner work that anyone who spends time attacking others on social media for having different opinions, you know, most of the time they're not even attacking a real opinion I had. They made up a straw man is that like, you know, is, is a very wounded person. So your own psychological inner work will help you see the situation clearly instead of trying to demonize and try and create whoever doesn't agree with you into like this other kind of demon who you need to attack, which is basically how you fall into the agenda. You need to be psychologically aware to see what's going on in people yeah. because people are honestly... I find they're losing it a little bit with yeah. being exposed to this information. Very, very, very important point. So what does it mean? Let's, let's define psychological awakening, psychological awareness on the very basic level. Shadow work, you've talked about so many, is the name of the game. Really understanding Jungian psychology in that sense of shadow work. What is shadow work and how to do shadow work? And it's it's shadow work is what has become so hyped these days, I've seen over the years, oversimplified, distorted, you know, a lot of people talk about it, uh, but don't really dive into it, really understanding the nuance of the shadow work and how difficult it is at times, really understanding our own projections, negative and positive, how triggers work, how they tie into unconscious trauma from the past, even past lives and all that. Not it's just really, past lives, but the childhood stuff. The childhood, that's what I just said. Like, yeah. it, it really goes very deep, what I'm just trying to say. Um, you know, because I've seen it myself when I studied, got into Jungian psychology and studied shadow work in the 90s. For the past first few years, I was actually intellectualizing the process. I was fooling myself yeah. that intellectually, all my triggers, this, this relates to this shadow aspect, that I thought I was healing it, but I was just mentalizing, intellectualizing it, falling into analysis, paralysis, or the story. Yeah. I wasn't processing it holistically, somatically through the body. And that's the most important aspect, which. We also go deep in our course, but it's really about do, really understanding what is shadow work and how to do it. Yeah. So really understanding that level, and that uh, naturally ties into trauma work. You know, shocking uh, experiences, which is a trauma event in many people. And what happens when you traumatize people? Well, then the CIA, MK Ultra operations knew this for decades. When you traumatize a people, you can easier program and control them. Yes. Hence, what you mentioned before as well. All the these hardcore woke leftist Antifa kids and all of those people, they're actually very tra highly traumatized people, you know, or the trolls that attack you and all of that, um, defending this uh, demonic ideology are highly traumatized and overtaken by other forces because they need these so-called forces where Tika, as I've talked about before in my work, they need an entry point and the entry point is the trauma, is the shadow where we're easily overtaken because then we are removed from essence, from our soul. So through psychological work, through trauma work, we also help, uh, this is part of the awakening process. We need to close the entry points from, uh, for these occult forces. And also, like you mentioned, to be psychologically healthy enough to take in this information, to face the evil, the shadow within ourselves in order to face the uh, evil out there. Because I've seen many people, as you mentioned before, uh, uh, it can drive people nuts with what's happening in the world. Well, here's kind of what I see happening is because of the intense fear that was um, basically subjected upon the world for the past three years, um, I see a lot of people 
you know, who kind of fall into the doom and gloom of what next is going to happen, all the military invasion and all this stuff, you know, to me, this is a symptom of hypervigilance. I'm not saying that there isn't real shit that we need to like look at and become active agents of change against if we feel called to do so, that is. But I see a lot of people who fall into the kind of fear, gloom, doom, paranoia this is a symptom of hypervigilance of traumas like, oh, my God, you know, what's going to when's the bomb going to drop next, you know, and we need to actually look at how fear is being, you know, um, manipulated in order to control us, you yes. know, is that I can't take grounded, integrated action onto the and, and to create the world that I want to create. If I'm in fear all the time, I'm going to be dysregulated. I'm not going to be thinking right. I'm not going to be creative, you know? So we need to look at like how they're using fear on both sides to control us because, um, and this is not easy, you know, like that's why the mental and psychological and I think in spiritual awakening need to really go on top of each other. Because a lot of people will probably think like, oh, there's a lot of people who know about trauma work, who know about inner work and who are part of the left and part of this agenda. And I would totally agree yeah. because they haven't mentally, like they're just going along with the trends of the time. They haven't actually mentally analyzed what's going on in the world. They haven't critically thought it out. They haven't really looked at the issues and the hypocrisies that we're seeing, you know? So you need to actually almost have like a mental awakening to what's going on first and then ground that yeah. with a psychological and then spiritual awakening. That's why the informational awakening is very important if we don't want to dismiss it, to question everything you've been told and taught, to understand the matrix forces, the outer work as we call it, Right to really pierce through the propaganda and the lies out there and questioning everything we've been told through official education and, and the official media outlets. Yeah. At the same time, I want to just uh, add this as well, especially nowadays, we have to also question a lot of the things in the conspiracy world out well exactly. as well because there's a lot of nonsense there as well. It's not easy. And But really uh, understanding once you go into deeper levels of awakening or the process of informational psychological work and then the spiritual awakening is the ultimate true awakening to your essence to the divine, to your true being, right? Quote, unquote, becoming enlightened. Yes. And that's the ultimate true awakened state. And that also will show you, or once you engage in the process, that you will never figure out just intellectually how the matrix works because the divine is all beyond that. But beyond the spiritual awakening, I think that before that, people need to individuate. So you need to go Mm -hmm. through the process of deconditioning your beliefs, everything you picked up from culture, especially from school, from university, you know, and see this deconditioning process as a necessary step to your own awakening. Because, you know, when we're on the path of individuation, we look at all of our past mistakes, our complexes, our issues, and anything you usually like it as dislike or despise about yourself as part of the process of realizing who you really were. So we need to look at our blocks. We need to look at our issues because these are the seeds of the path that is our life. And we talked about this in a previous podcast, but what I think what's basically happened is like you see a lot of people, I mean, the thing is, is like trauma theory has really blown up with the left. Um, a lot of psychological um, advancements has been taken by the left in the past like 30, 50 years, you could even say. 
But what they haven't done is they haven't deconditioned. They haven't individuated. They haven't questioned their beliefs. You know, they just go along with like, oh, the consensus says this is good. This is what I'm doing. And I think that's why a lot of people who may be psychologically aware, but don't see what's going on, have fallen into this trap. Because, you know, the group think, the, the, the hive mind, the crowd can be very hostile if you don't agree with them, you know? So in order to actually disagree with the consensus, it takes a tremendous amount of your own vitality, your own energy, your own essence, your own ability to connect to your own state of being. Because as long as you're dependent about what everyone around you thinks over what your own connection to your true self and your own truth feels like, then you're going to you're going to fall along with the masses every time out of fear. Yeah, exactly. And what you said ties into what, uh, again, what Yuri Bezmenov said, you know, that conditioning program happened over generations in the 60s and 70s and all the popular um, trauma therapists or uh, mainstream psychotherapy spaces and all of that are in we have talked about this before with woke ideologies because yeah. they have been programmed because they've been part of these institutions colleges universities and all yes. of that right and for this very reason because uh, you mentioned very important they have engaged in the individuation process which again people are not familiar with that listen to our most recent uh, the podcast before becoming who you really are i mm-hmm. believe was the title mm-hmm. and it's important uh, the individuation process is also uh, based on young in psychology and implies shadow work as well it implies it's, shadow work as part of the ongoing process exactly it's not about becoming an individual like a f- successful individual like culture or society talks about it has nothing to do with uh, self-actualization or self-improvement it's a much much deeper process it's becoming the person that you're meant to be it's becoming a unique expression of who you truly are beyond your conditioning and you know what i just realized as you were talking about the therapy industry because we were sharing about how they weaponize compassion and empathy Mm -hmm. and which industry is has compassion and empathy is like almost like one of their key traits of a therapist a counselor so they're literally weaponizing the main traits of the therapeutic industry against them so you know i mean it's really it's it, it's really crazy out there to think of that, you know, because a lot of people do need help. I see a lot of people who have been under extreme stress of the past three years and, you know, losing family members, losing friends over their, over their opinion, feeling alone, feeling isolated. Like all of this is an impact of the psychological and spiritual warfare that we're under, you know, and we need to take conscious action. We don't want to also fall into a victimization place like, oh my God, they're doing this to us. Oh my God, them again, you know, and freak out. We need to really become the person who we're meant to be so that we can be conscious agents of change in this world. You know, I feel a lot of people, each person who has the seed and who has the drive and who has the calling to speak out, that's your soul speaking to you. You know, there's a lot more people who are going to be, there's going to be waves and waves of people who are going to be realizing and speaking out. And, you know, for those who are ready to answer the call, you have the chance to make a real difference in this world, but you have to have done your inner work. You have to have done your soul work, your spiritual work to be able to handle the warfare, you know, and yeah. to be handled the tax. Like I'm aware that every time, like I even posted this video where I mentioned cultural Marxism and wokeism and woke ideology is connected to, to, to Marxism. And yeah, people lost it. You know, I, I deal with this all the time, but as long as I'm connected to my true self, my true essence, 
I don't give a shit. Like I really don't like, because that's all that matters to me. And also I think we need to have a healthy level of detachment with what happens on the screen. Remember we're in an information war and I see a lot of people, you know, almost being so hooked on what happens in the screen that they neglect their inner life. They neglect their real life. They neglect their relationships. So, you know, we need to be aware on all levels about how we're spending our time because we do need warriors right now. We need people who are not afraid. We need Aquarians. We need disruptors. We need people who are not afraid to rock the boat, who are not afraid to be authentic because we get if enough people, we have the power to really make a change of culture, which is what we basically need. We literally need like this is a cultural revolution at the end of the day, they're trying to create Marxism through the culture. So what do we need to do? We need to actually influence the culture through our own individuation process, through becoming the people that we're meant to be in this time. Beautifully said. So what it brings down to in a nutshell of these different stages of awakening, informational, external uh, process of awakening, the psychological awakening, the spiritual awakening, it really is about combining what we always call the inner and outer work which what we go through in depth in our 14-week um, group coaching program, Embodied Soul Awakening, based on this fourfold approach of holistic self-work, physically, psychologically, emotionally, intellectually, informationally, and spiritually. So bring it all together holistically into one thing. So we become the change we want to see because we really need to uh, raise, our, I mean, as she says, sounds, but we need to raise our level of consciousness, raise our level of being, and you just don't do it by visualizing uh, um, figures of light, as Carl Jung said, but by making the darkness conscious, by piercing through the unconscious, making it conscious, and really remove everything that's in the way that connects us to our essence, to our unique uh, expression, our unique transducer of divine will and our purpose for being here during this time of transition. Uh, and with that being said, uh, yeah, if you want to sign up or apply for the next round of our course go to thetimeoftransition.com as Laura said we're already over halfway full and in the next hour yeah in the next hour we're going to really talk about um, you know uh, this kind of whole vaccine issue more and the spiritual effects of the vaccine and how that ties into the spiritual war we're going to talk about natural law um, we're going to talk about, um, you know, Pluto moving back into Capricorn, what that means, what some of the lessons we're going to be going over is, what will next happen next in Pluto and Aquarius. Sorry, one thing I also wanted to add is if you like the podcast, could you please go to iTunes podcast and give us a rating? We would really appreciate us. Share your, really appreciate it. Share your views. It's one way you can just say thank you. If you get something out of this podcast, you just go to Apple podcast, you find Cosmic Matrix, you can leave a rating. Um, yeah, so that's all I wanted Excellent. to add. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. And then, yeah, for the second hour, as always, for members, um, uh, and you also want to support us, go to veilofreality.com, my website, and you can sign up to the membership. You have access to all the second hours of over 100 podcasts. And again, with that being said, we'll be back shortly for the second hour. Thank you. Thank you.